Blog Talk Radio.
So as we're looking for, you know, this Uranian square to Pluto to emerge in the next um, month and a half or so, um, right now we might be getting an inkling of what that is because the sun is creating so much energy around Uranus that it's bringing that square in more closely. So even though it's wide. And you also have to remember, Uranus and Pluto have been square. So while we've been through a few months now where they were separated at about as far as they could go, they are moving back to another square, and they've already been square. So at any time, we're in the orb of influence of the square of Uranus in Aries and Pluto in Capricorn. Uh, Mercury is in... um, Uh, Pisces and it's actually making a really nice trine to Saturn so I think again there's our ability to focus our imagination or focus our emotional attention or focus onto an issue of emotional concern Um, Scorpio has a tendency to be very intuitive and very observant of details because of their emotional sensitivity to what's going on around them so they observe details because of an emotional sensitivity and Pisces has an emotional sensitivity in the unconscious just purely connected to the actual vibe that other people or other situations are putting off so I feel right now there's a strong intuitive insight that's possible from a keen sense of observation and compassion both Uh, the moon has actually just gone into Scorpio in the last hour And so it's at right now one degree Scorpio, maybe two hours ago it went into Scorpio. And I looked at this just a few minutes ago, it was at zero, it's already at one. So the moon does move fast. And, um, you know, we'll be square to, uh, square, we'll be conjunct to Saturn probably sometime tomorrow. So, um, you know, if you feel a little, um, you know, pang of jealousy, if you feel something, um a little a little hurt emotionally hurt um that's a passing thing and you shouldn't let it you know get out of control so um that's a that's a big part of the moon conjunct saturn is that there are emotions but saturn is quite inhibitive and so if there's emotional tension sometimes difficult to express it with saturn and scorpio neptune's also still in pisces and really moving forward nicely in the fourth degree Um, that's also a part right now of a trine with the moon. So we have kind of the reverse there. Saturn was in Scorpio and trine Mercury. Neptune is in Pisces and trine the moon in Scorpio. So um, the, uh, the lower planets are reversed in the upper planets from the upper planets positioning. Um, Neptune and Pisces, trying the moon in Scorpio should be good dreams tonight if they're not a bit passionate could be having some passionate dreams could also be having some extremely intuitive dreaming tonight as the moon and Neptune come into an exact uh, trine about six hours from now so most people in the United States will be asleep and uh, could be a really um, could be a really powerful um, night for remembering what it is that you dream. Um, Pluto and Chiron are in a sextile, which I think does help whatever the issue is that we have going on in the world right now. Some of the more tense 
issues where I think there's a capacity again to feel compassionate. But I'm not sure how compassionate the you know the military was when they decided to fly those nuclear bombers over South Korea today. So we'll see how that pans out. It just was an interesting point to note that while the Sun and Venus and Uranus, but particularly the Sun-Uranus conjunction happened today, there's a ramping up of that rhetoric, that, you know, that Aryan uh, energy that, you know, Aries does rule war and Aries does rule aggressive behavior. So we're glad that it's really, you know, smaller planets that are the triggers and that Uranus is sort of leading that pack. Um, But um, something we need to pay attention to. Anyway, me for one has noticed a lightening of the energy with Aries in general and interpersonal relationships. It's not as heavy as all those seven planets in Pisces. And now that we have four of them in, um, in Aries instead of seven in Pisces, and there's only uh, two, or if you include Chiron, three in Pisces, much less energy in that sort of heavy, hypersensitive, <clears throat> um, martyred in a way, but taking on too much, taking on too much energy is what I think people were doing. They were absorbing and taking on way too much um, other people's psychic residue and garbage. And uh, it's so much better with Aries because it's so much more direct and straightforward. The energy seems a lot um, uh, cleaner. It It might not necessarily be as deep. Maybe it's not even as profound, but for at least the time being, it's um, it's lighter and uh, a bit more manageable. Okay, so that's your Global Energy Minute. I'm Dr. Craig, and um, I want to welcome you to the show. Uh, anybody that wants to get a, a call in uh, and wants me to take a look at their chart, please feel free to do that. You know what the number is. You know what the number is, 213-943-3395. I do have a caller um, on the switchboard. So before we jump in and make a little chat about the 10th house, let's see who's holding online. Hi, it's Dr. Craig, and you're on the Inside Connection. Hello, area code 310. Hello. Hi. Hi there. How are Hi. you? Okay, I'm fine, thank you. This is the first time I've tuned in. Uh, yeah, talk, talk closer to your receiver just because you sound really far away. Oh, there you go. She dropped the call. Now she's really far away. So um, anyway, um, let's just jump right in and talk about the um, the uh, the 10th house. So it's about career. It's about what it is that we want to do for our social standing. And when, when we talk about the, the, uh, the choices that people make for what it is that they'd like to do in the world, what it is that they'd like to do for other people, what practical thing would they like to be, you know, in other words, how can I be helpful to someone else um, in, a, in a tangible, um, uh, positive way? Um, the, um, the answer is found in the 10th house because as we looked at last week, we develop a philosophy of life. We develop an understanding from Sagittarius, from the ninth house, what it is that we think life is all about and what becomes philosophically important to us, whether that's political, because that's in the ninth house, or educational, or artistic, 
or edu uh, you know educational literary sense or whether it's a, se a sense of um, uh, practical security, whether it has to do with health. Uh, we all develop a certain idea about life and what it is that we can bring to the table philosophically that we believe in. It's about our higher beliefs. Now we have to turn those higher beliefs over to something tangible so that when we go out into the world and we meet people, we tell them what it is that we do. And we don't have to necessarily tell them, right? They can sometimes just know we have a reputation in society that, you know, sometimes we don't, you know, need to go to somebody and say, hi, yes, I'm an actor or I'm the president of the United States. People already know what it is that you do. But, but beyond that, there's the idea that we're presenting a social face. And I titled this show Branded or Branding because it's the common, um, you know, presently used word that we talk about socially when we're talking about the 10th house. Because the 10th house is not specifically about what it is that you do. What it is that you do is the 6th house. That has to do with your day-to-day -day going on, like, okay, I tell you that I'm a lawyer, but that's just a label. That's just something that, I, that, 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 that says this is who I am in society. It doesn't really say to you, um, um, it doesn't really say to you, um, you know, uh, what do I do behind the scenes? You could say to somebody that you're a lawyer, and maybe if you know something about law or what lawyers do, you would know that they're working at a desk and they're reading lots of papers and they're writing lots of papers and they're planning depositions and yada, yada, yada. But it, the fact that somebody just says to you, I'm a lawyer, creates an entire ambiance, an entire feeling of who is that person. You know, like we would say, oh, a lawyer. Okay, so we have the bad side of a lawyer, they're manipulative, they're, you know, like unethical or whatever. We have socially, we believe that they'll do anything to win or that they overcharge or that they bill for things that they don't actually really do. So we have all those social beliefs about lawyers. <laughs> and then maybe we also have the idea that, you know, if we've ever actually dealt with a lawyer, that that they're there to protect us, that, they, that they're there to look out for our best interest and that some of them actually may be quite ethical and be trying to live from a higher place of values. Those are the things that precede that person's reputation, right? It could be the same with if you met somebody and they said that they're a cop, you would be like, oh, a cop. Okay, so let's run down the list of what that means. But without even ever knowing, is this cop a detective? Does this cop work behind a desk? Does this cop walk the street? Does this cop give speeding tickets? You know, like, w without ever knowing, we begin conjuring up an idea of who this person is based on that brand, that label, that is that. And this is why when we talk about, um, when, when anybody talks in business about marketing, 
if you want to market, uh, you know, your radio show. You have to be very particular about what is your brand, what is the thing that people believe about you based on what it is that you tell them that you do. So if I say to you, I'm an astrologer, oh, that could conjure up a whole bunch of things for you about being predictive, about being a psychic, about having insight about you that I shouldn't actually have based on your chart. It could bring up images of, you know, a crystal ball for all I know, and you might be, or you might be right, or you might be wrong, and yet that label is certainly one that I can't get away from regardless of, you know, what I believe the label is about. So the branding has to do also with social ideas about what it is that you say that it is that you do. In other words, practical on a practical level. Remember, there are other things in the 10th house, including being married or single. That's also, that's not something that you do um, you know, physically or tangibly for somebody, but it comes from a personal philosophy because it's still emanating from the ninth house. Do you want to be married or don't you? And then therefore I'm single, I'm divorced, I'm married. Those titles are also a part of the tenth house because they conjure up an idea socially of what it is that we are about. So things also like other labels that we can tell people like political affiliations, religious affiliations, also give people an idea of our 10th house status because for some reason we believe what it is that someone can or can't do for us based on those labels. If somebody you know, were to say that they were single and if they had never been married, you might not want to ask them for love advice. You might you might not, you know. And the reason that you might not want to do that is because you would assume that they're not they're not experienced in that or that they don't have that down in their own life. If someone said to you that they were a lawyer, though, then you might want to ask them for legal advice, even though you don't even know right off the bat whether they're even involved in the kind of law that you might want to ask them about. That all has to do with the sixth house, and yet the importance, the importance of having a specific brand that the public sees you as provides you with a certain kind of status. And I always like to say about Capricorn, because Capricorn is the 10th house, that most Capricorns know intimately the importance of first impressions. They know the importance of, um, you know, what it is, the way in which you come across to someone else. Most Capricorns won't leave their house without checking their outfit, checking their makeup, uh, making sure their tie is tied straight because they don't want to create the wrong impression. Well, that whole phrase, create the wrong impression, had to be created by a Capricorn because the importance of our status depends upon our success socially. And since we've moved now from a kind of personal, very personal part of the chart, interrelationship part of the chart, and now we're moving into the way in which we interact with society at large, 
the what we do for a career and whether we tell someone we're married or not or whether we, you know, we all know that our social status and our perceived reputation creates a tremendous number of glass ceilings for us. Uh, for, say, like a man that's not married might not be able to get through a certain level in a company because he can't really go to office parties with the CEOs because he's not bringing his wife, and that seems weird to those people. So that there are there are... Uh, hierarchies of social status that are based on all kinds of preconceived notions and judgments that we have to deal with socially. Now, a lot of people might jump in on that and be like, yuck. Yeah, yuck. I mean, it, it really isn't, you know, that nice that we have all of those preconceived notions and judgments, but unfortunately we do. If you go in and you tell somebody that, you know, you, you know, manage a cash register in a boutique and that you're a sales girl at a clothing shop, you're not going to ask her particularly for legal advice, but you might ask her for fashion advice or something like that. And so our social status, the what career we choose, what marital status we choose, and what other sort of global social branding we choose is an enormous part of the opportunities and successes that we have in in um, in society when we're dealing with people if somebody thinks that a certain religious group is intellectual and professionally proficient then you might pick someone from that religious group if you wanted to go and see a doctor because you would be like oh well those doctors with that kind of last name or with that kind of religious affiliation those people must be really good at medicine because they're so well educated so it's again a part of a reputation it absolutely actually has nothing to do with whether you're really good at it or not. <laughs> that comes from the sixth house. Now, your reputation is built around also performance. So I guess taking slightly back what I just said, that over time and when, um, when people get to know you, your reputation is built on the way in which it is that you perform. So there is something about Capricorn and consistency, and that's why there's consistency and reliability in, um, in, in, in the 10th house. There's, there's, there's an effort to continue to reproduce good results. You can't, let's say, like open up a restaurant in a community, let's say any little community in L.A. like Los Feliz or someplace where there's not a lot of tourists, let's say, and where you're dependent upon local reputation and, you know, not serve a good meal. Because if you did that, then those people aren't going to come back again and, of course, your reputation in the community. So it's imperative that you also provide excellent service that goes along with uh, the reputation that you want to keep. You can't just tell people that you're a lawyer and then from there that's the only part of um, of your reputation. Your reputation is actually built behind by a consistent and reliable effort and service and Capricorn is a part of that as well. So there's 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 the reputation and then there's the work that we put behind that. But that work is connected to the sixth house, the actual work. And the better connected the sixth and the tenth house are in your chart, the routine work that you're capable of doing, the better that that's connected with the tenth house, 
the better it is that you're able to develop a satisfactory reputation for yourself and certainly develop successful happenings in the world. I'm going to go back to the switchboard because I do have that caller back. Hey, did we drop the call before? Yes, I think we got we got disconnected. Oh, okay. Um, I thought I scared yeah. you away, like just by one sentence of saying, make sure you talk into the phone more clearly so that everybody can hear us. And then I thought, up, oh, she just dumped me like a hot potato. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't scared in the least. So, um, um, who am I talking to? Uh, my name is Linda. Hi, and, Linda. Um, hi there. And I haven't uh, spoken to you before? No, you haven't. Okay, um, that's fine. So a friend of I'm mine gonna... that knows you re- referred me to you. At, uh, she said suggested that I listen to your show on okay. radio. So, um, so you know someone that I know. Linda, what's the first initial of your last name? E. E? I have a hyphenated name, Edwards Moore. Edwards, so that's fine. Yeah, and uh, make sure you talk to the phone because it's you sound a little still a little far away. So, what's your date of birth? My date of birth? Yeah. Six eight five five. So June the eighth, nineteen fifty five. Do you know your time of birth? No, I don't. Not at all. No, I don't. Morning, evening, nothing. Mm-mm. That's fine. We can still read charts without that information. And how about your place of birth? My place of birth was in Laos, a place east coast of England. Can you spell it for me? Yeah. L O U T H. Oh, I see it. Uh huh. L O U T H, England. Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, very good. So you don't really know anything about your chart, huh? Oh, I do. Uh, my friend who knows you actually oh, has, has read your chart oh. before. Okay, that's great. And she's yeah. also read your chart without a birth time, I assume. Um, I believe so. Yeah. Well, yes, because I I can't remember. I I didn't know when I was. That's fine. Uh, so this is a really actually wonderful exercise for for all of us because when we have a birth chart that doesn't have a time of birth, we customarily cast the chart at noon. So we just generally put in twelve noon. The important thing when looking at the chart, though, is that we have to kind of not focus too much on the houses and the positions of the planets because um, that could become confusing. Now, if we have, if I had you sitting here in front of me, Linda, then I might be able to look at the way you look, your physical appearance, and I might be able to make an assessment of when you were born based on that and also by asking you some other questions about when or if you were married, when you graduated from college, when you moved to the United States, etc., etc. These kinds of questions can help you what's called rectify the time of birth. But um, but without that, it's it, it's not it's not you know uh, of of major consequence. It's still a chart that can be read. Okay. 
So um, one of the things that comes to mind immediately is that you're a Gemini and you have Mercury in Gemini, so you're very uh, well-educated. You have the south node in Gemini also. You come from many lifetimes of being well-learned, well-read, a teacher, um, somebody who loves language and somebody who really um, has a lovely sense of humor and an ability to maintain a sort of light heart and, um, and, and kind of be able to, to at least take things um, in, in, in stride the best you can. The, the, the moon is uh, at, at noon at 18 degrees Capricorn, which means that all day on June the 8th of the year that you were born, the moon was in Capricorn. So there's no question that you have moon in Capricorn, and it's another thing that makes it more easy to read your chart without a birth time because we have a clear picture of your emotional life, which is very dedicated and very diligent and very hardworking and very reliable. And as we've been talking about the 10th house and you have moon and Capricorn, your reputation is something that you pride yourself on. It's something that you work very hard to achieve, whether it's in your career or your family life. You're very... Um, practically oriented when it comes to, you know, really being able to um, put yourself out there and provide effort that produces results. You like being results-oriented. This goes along with your Venus, because your Venus is in Taurus, which is also an Earth sign. So your Moon and your Venus are in a positive relationship with one another. And says to me that you're 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 interested in in fine things. You're interested in fine aesthetics. You're always willing to, and you always have been willing to work for them. Uh, it's not a question of that you know you've ever really been a slacker. And even while Gemini energy can be a little hoo hoo hoo, you know, like kind of like silly sometimes, this earthy part of your chart keeps you very grounded and prevents you from being, say, typical. Uh, you know, sort of more frivolous and um, uh, talkative but not grounded kind of Gemini energy. So the Earth brings a very practical, uh, work-oriented, success-oriented energy about you. You do have three planets in Cancer, which makes you also very maternal, very doting, very, you know, concerned with the well-being of others. So it's not just that you're, you know, sort of off reading a book and, and keeping your nose to the grindstone, so to speak. You actually have an empathetic, compassionate, and nurturing side that you really appreciate about yourself. And are you married, Linda? Um. No, but in a long-term relationship. Have, have you ever been married? married? Yes, I have. Uh-huh. I mean, your your Mars is in Cancer, and so perhaps you're attracted to men who are protective types because it would just say that sometimes, uh, without knowing the house position, that would help clarify it more. But with, it, with even just Mars in Cancer could say to me that you're attracted to men that are the nurturing kind of give a good hug you feel comforted by them and and the relationships that you're attracted to are the ones where when you roll over in bed and you look at them asleep there you're really glad they're there because there's a certain comfort about their presence that makes you feel safe this is a you know very good energy um, you're getting ready to actually have a second Saturn return. It doesn't happen until 2014. Um, you know, that could 
represent all kinds of letting go and change. What you want to do is you want to look back at age 29 and see what happened then. Make an evaluation of that. Were there relationships that were lost or was that actually about marriage? Did you become more, something become more serious then? Was it about intimacy? Was it about sexuality? Was it about death and dying? You know, there, there's a whole lot of issues that surround Scorpio. It could have been about jointly buying a house with someone even because that's about jointly held income and jointly held property. But you're going into another time right now where you're very seriously interested in those things, in um, what are the intimate and emotional experiences of your life and how are you going to live them out in the next year or so? So, you know, um, if something needs to be um, changed um, in your life, then that's what's going to happen. It's going to change. Uh, if you need to become more serious about something, more committed to something, more open and more intimate with something, then you're probably going to feel compelled to do that as well. Um, the Uranus-Pluto um, square, which is actually right on your Mars, um, I think it's still happening a little bit. So if you're having any kind of like sudden, rash, disagreeable, argumentative kinds of things with someone, particularly a man, uh, that's going to continue on for a few more months. And you don't want to get into an ego battle with that person because they're coming at you with a lot of energy uh, that um, that you probably won't win, <laughs> um, whatever that whatever that power struggle is. If that power struggle is already over, uh, good for you. It very well could be because it's a, the eighth degree. But I know that in September, October of this year, uh, Uranus is going to be stationary, direct, stationary, direct. Um, at eight degrees, eight and a half degrees of Aries. So you want to just pay attention to relationships in your life. If you feel like they're giving you a hard time, you have to figure out what part of your ego is being triggered and potentially just back off from the conflict. Unless it's very important to you, whatever it is, it will blow over more quickly than if you interact with it, I think, in a, in a rash and ill-thought-out way. Hmm. Any specific questions? Uh, not right now because I do intend to make an appointment with you to have Oh, a that's nice. Well, I, will, I will look forward to seeing you then. Now, that's yes. your sort of mini reading on the show. And um, if there's any chance of you discovering a birth time at all, um, you know, uh, morning, evening, anything, that would be nice. But I'll also be happy to rectify your chart for you by asking you those questions about um, the major events of your life. Okay, great. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Linda, thanks so much for being on the show. So oh, I have you. another caller, and... Um, um, hi, you're on the Inside Connection. Hi, how are you? Thank you for um, taking my call. You're welcome. Have you ever called into the show before? I have never. Okay, um, that's great. I love <laughs> new callers, and I love doing new readings. Why don't you tell me what your first name is? Louise. Louise. And your last name? Lynch. And your date of birth? 11-18-61. Really? Eleven, eighteen, nineteen, sixty-one. Yes. 
You're just a couple of days younger than me. Well, at least you said younger. <laughs> <laughs> so time of birth? Um, 11.38 a.m. And your place of birth? Chicago. Okay, so November the 18th, 1961, 11.38 a.m. in Chicago. This church should be very familiar to me. Oh, were you born there? <laughs> because, because it's going to look like mine. It's going to look a lot like mine anyway, I can tell you that, because it's only a few days. Yeah, it looks a lot like mine. Wow. I'm sorry. Good for you, Louise. <laughs> I mean, your chart and my chart are almost exactly the same. I'm um, Except that they're positioned differently. So this is kind of exciting. Okay, so Saturn is in Scorpio, and if you feel like, you know, certain things have been constrictive or a little difficult if you think if you feel like some people are maybe giving you a hard time you're having a hard time expressing yourself or you're feeling a little bit lonely or unloved or you know that that whole feeling like sometimes when saturn is where it is in our charts it's a very bogged down kind of time i gotta tell you though that um whatever has been going on health-wise you know, that's something that you're going to see lift, hopefully, by the end of the year, if not sooner. Does so, that mean my health or the person your health. concerned about? Say okay. it again. Your health. Okay. Yeah. And what was January of this year like? Because you had a stationary Saturn on your Neptune. You know, according to the birth information that you gave me, you have this uh, stellium in Scorpio in the ninth house, and you have Mars in Sagittarius. You have a very spiritual chart. You know, it's a very, um, like, seeking higher truth, but, you know, Scorpio is very dark, as we know. You know, there's a lot of um, secrets and whether, say it again. But I've been told my skin is pretty dark. Yeah, well, that, I'm not just talking about that, honey. I'm saying that that underneath that there are heavier thoughts that someone with a with a stellium in Scorpio has to deal with, heavier kinds of morose thinking because Scorpio loves emotional extremes, and your emotional extremes are linked to the house of higher truth. So there's almost like you must be a very fierce debater, Louise. <laughs> you must be a very fierce like um, person to contend with when you feel passionate about a belief system. Because on top of having Scorpio, all that Scorpio in a house of fire, Sagittarius, then having your Mars in Sagittarius, your moon is in Aries. So, you know, you're very much like a you know, almost like a bit of a behind-the-scenes, unstoppable force. Are you married? Yes. Yeah. Marriage is super important to you because the ruler of your chart is in the seventh house. So you do have a sort of avant-garde, think outside the box, like to have a lot of friends, but very important that you married a particular kind of person who was thoughtful, service-oriented, very Virgo, someone who wasn't um, like a, a cookie cut of, you know, like a person who's just sort of a helpful person. They might be involved in something, you know, unusual or offbeat or out of outside of the box. But at the same time, 
they're very systematic and the way in which they think and the way in which they work is very much Virgo like they're very connected to a particular way of being that's very interesting if um, if if also, you know, you feel that the two of you together represent, you know, like some kind of a very noticeable kind of, let's say, power couple, that's good because your destiny point was in meeting somebody that had a very big presence or that as a couple you have a very big presence together. And, you know, there's a lot about your chart that leads me to the seventh house. You know, it leads me there. But... Wow, there's so much more than that. There's so much more than your marriage. There's so much more. It's like maybe you and your 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 spouse are on a spiritual journey together. And I say that because the sun is the ruler of your seventh house and and being in the ninth it would say to me that your relationship is helping you to connect to some of those higher truths that you want and that you want to learn, you know. It's interesting because a lot of times Scorpio would say that sex is love, but I think that you would say sex is God, you know, and that intimacy is God and that connection is God and that and that all forms of intimate connection and sharing are God and that you find that in this intimate relationship that you have. Oh, okay. Did I um, lose you? <laughs> no, well, I thought you I thought you were Continuing, or I thought, oh, you got yeah, no, off. I can continue on because Uranus is well, conjunct your moon. I have, in the, in, huh? I have two husbands, one that's deceased, and uh, most of your description would pretty much align with that first husband, uh-huh. um, who was a Libra. Okay. Uh, and my current husband is a Leo. Okay, but that goes um, with the showy type. Oh, um... I I wouldn't describe it. No, he doesn't need a lot of praise. I'm sorry? He doesn't need a lot of praise. Oh, yes. Well, don't all men, but we won't go there. (laughs) We won't go there. So let me just say a few more things because, you know, the show is almost over, and I just want to let you know that if you're having financial changes right now, they could be really positive. Uranus is actually conjunct your moon. And since it's your ruler, you would have an understanding of change or sudden change. Like, just your, because your Uranian energy is the ruler of your chart, you know, there's a lot going on in your chart. You have to be careful of, you know, like all kinds of contracts that you sign this year or any kinds of business dealings that you do. But there's a possibility that your money could get could grow and could and could be bigger this year. You could have a financially lucrative year with Uranus conjunct the moon. And it would have something to do with something that you're doing on your own or the work you're doing or That's what uh, I wanna ask you. That's where my main question is. Um I wanna know if if and when you see me getting um a job Hopefully yeah, too. by the there's no there's no doubt in my mind that it happens before the fall because as I said before to the previous caller, you have moon in Aries at the eighth degree and in September of this year there's going to be a stationary Uranus at eight degrees. So since the moon rules your sixth house, the house of work, and Uranus is going to conjunct your moon at that time, you will have a job by then. I know that still sounds like a lot of months from now, but it's almost like a guarantee. 
It will happen suddenly, and it's going to be good and positive and financially lucrative for you. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's I'm going to have to say good night tonight Thank because you very you're much. welcome, sweetheart. It was nice to talk to you. Thank you. Yeah, time flies, and I don't think that I'm going to be able to get to any other callers in the switchboard. Boy, when it rains, it pours. I talked for weeks now with no callers, and um, now tonight all of a sudden the switchboard is packed. It was a lovely talk about the 10th house. I want to thank everyone once again for being here. My name is Dr. Craig Martin. You've been listening to the Inside Connection. I'm going to leave you with Eddie Vedder and the Hard Sun. I'll talk to you next Thursday. Bye-bye. from above When I climbed down to be set free She took me in again As a Up her hand.